in the faith, Mother General, and, and to their church. Their church is Faith World Ministries. And her father, the bishop, is an amazing man of God. I just found a little thing out last night that blew my mind, that he learned many languages just by preaching and looking at the word, and that language would come to him. Tell me that's not amazing. I, I mean, I keep praying for that, but that's not happened yet. But I believe it can and it will. But uh, I, I, I heard Faithful preach at that first conference. And I nicknamed her the little preaching machine because it was like taking a sip out of a fire hydrant. You know, it was amazing. And then a, about three years ago, Faithful invited me back. went back and spoke there again at the women's conference. And then we just returned this May from that women's conference, which is powerful. And each time faithful ministers, the word of God comes to life. And I'm just going to ask you tonight with me to be open to whatever the father wants to say to you tonight or whatever he wants to do, because we prayed on the way that signs and wonders and miracles would go before us, behind us, beside us. And I believe that if we're open and we have our hands out, ready to receive. That is exactly what is going to happen tonight. So, my friend, my very good friend, would you come? One more thing. Oh, I'm just one minute. We are having a ladies' conference this Friday night at 6 o'clock and Saturday uh, from 10 to 4. And uh, we'll have lunch provided on the Saturday. If after you hear Faithful, you want some more of that, you're welcome to come. Just call the church and tell them, I want to I wanna be in on that so that we can prepare enough food. That's all, Faithful. Come on. <laughs> Would you stretch your hands out and let's pray for Miss Faithful. Father, right now we just say, have your way. We claim the thing that we claimed on the way in, that there would be signs and wonders and miracles and that the freedom, your freedom would be in this house as it already is, but would flow through faithful. And the thing that you have to say to us tonight, Lord, we would hear with listening ears. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I greet you all in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I'll keep saying amen, actually, until everybody says amen. Amen. God is a good God. He's an amazing God. Pastor, thank you so much for receiving me and having me here. I don't take this for granted. And Pastor Pam, you're awesome. Um... We've been friends, like she said. Uh, she came to our church years ago, and we've been friends since. And every time I talk about her, until people actually see her, they think we are the same age. And then I tell them, actually, she's younger than I am. Um, she keeps the fun side of me going because sometimes I get a little too serious and then she'll just say something or do something that shocks me. And I'm grateful for that. But also I'm grateful to the Almighty God for calling me and 
this year I will be in full-time ministry. Actually, the time that I started full-time ministry has passed, but this year now I am in full-time ministry 19 years. I've been serving God 19 years. And I'm here in the States with my husband um, and my son and my daughter. My son, we call him Mr. President. And my daughter, we call her Her Majesty. And after my daughter, I found out that sometimes be careful what you call your kids because she is Her Majesty for sure. She commands. Um, my son is a miracle. My daughter is a miracle. My husband, Clifford, he's here with me. He's not here here. Um, they at Pastor Pam's church. Um, I'm going to, I think that's a big enough introduction of myself, right? Okay, now I'm going to get into the word. So if we all could stand up on our feet. And the good thing is, firstly, the first good thing is I was given liberty. The second good thing is he forgot to tell me what time to finish. Exactly, so I'm going to take advantage of it. As long as God is moving, I'm willing to be used. Whatever God wants to do with us here tonight. I know you've heard missionary from Africa, missionary from Zimbabwe, but we are all one family. Doesn't matter if it's America or Zimbabwe. I did a short introduction just so that you'd get comfortable with me, but I'm at home. Amen? I'm at home just as much as I'm at home in Zimbabwe. So we are going to just allow God to be God. And we are going to allow God to do whatever he wants to do in this place. I believe that tonight is an open door for somebody. And God is about to reveal some things to somebody. There are some things that have been blocked and there are some things that have been closed. And there are some things, and if you don't understand the accent, don't worry, your spirit is receiving. And there are some things that have been um, put behind a closed door or put behind a wall for too long. And tonight, God is going to move that wall out of the way. Tonight, God is going to open the door to whatever miracle somebody has been asking for. Somebody here tonight have been praying for a very long time about something. A long overdue miracle is in the house tonight. Something that you've been waiting for from the Lord. And have you, you've been saying, God, I, I can see it. It's right in front of me. But why can't I reach it? Tonight you're going to reach your purposed miracle in this place. Oh, come on, somebody. Tonight is your night. This is your moment. This is your day. This is your season. This is your time. So whatever it is that has been standing between you and what God has for you, tonight it just has to step out of the way because God is about to do something for you that even you were not expecting. You were expecting a service like every other service. Tonight is not any other service like every other service. Tonight is the service that is going to, actually it's going to kick some of you out of your comfort zones. We are going to pray.
I'm not going to be the only one praying. We are all going to pray. And as we pray tonight, ask God for whatever it is you want. And if you open up your heart tonight, I strongly believe in my spirit that when you call the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit shows up. I strongly believe in my spirit that when you call upon the name of the Lord, when you call Jesus to come in the house, Jesus shows up in the house. He he's no respect of persons. He's no respect of time. He's no respect of space. So when you call the Holy Spirit to show up, the Holy Spirit shows up. My prayer tonight is that somebody is not able to drive their vehicle after the service and someone else has to take them home because God has shown up in the house. Everybody raise your hands before the Lord and open your mouth and begin to pray. I want you to open your mouth. I want you to pray out loud. Oh God, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I want to thank you and honor you tonight. For God, there is none like you, none compares to you, none is like you, oh my God. Lord, I'm just but a vessel for you to pour out through. Now, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Move like never before. Move us out of our comfort zones. Restoration to flow in the house. In the name of Jesus. 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 I speak an overflow. An overflow of the Holy Spirit. An overflow. An overflow of the move of God. An overflow. An overflow. In the name of Jesus, there is that one who's been praying and praying and praying, oh God. And it seems something is standing between them and their next level. Tonight, oh God, let them be opened up. And let them be able to enter into that place that you already prepared for them. Let there be rivers, 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 rivers of living waters flowing in the sanctuary. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, raise up your voice and pray out. Let your glory flow in the house. Let your glory reign in the house. Let your glory minister in the house. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We bless you, oh God. Ah, ah, Makandara boko shumaha mikanda makasimahanda raboko shomandere boko simaha. We honor you, God. In Jesus' name. Somebody just give God a clap offering in the house. We thank you, Jesus.
Now take your Bibles out, not your seats. We are going to stand for the reading of God's Word. Every nation that God has graced me to visit, or even just watching on TV or on the internet, I've realized one thing that every nation in the world has in common. When they sing their national anthem, they stand and they honor their flag. Our national anthem as the kingdom of God is the word of God. And so every time I tell people to stand for the reading of the word, I say if I can honor a physical flag, if I can honor and sing a physical anthem that actually does absolutely nothing for my well-being, what more the word of God that changes, transforms, and moves my life. So when I say we stand for the reading of God's word, is because I believe I am of the nation of the kingdom of God. And this is my national anthem, and that's the word of God. Amen? Amen. Isaiah chapter 6, we will read from verse 1 to verse 3. Isaiah chapter 6, we'll read from verse 1 to verse 3. Okay, are they going to put it up there or they will? Okay, I want us all to read out loud, as loud as you possibly can read. I know you all can get loud. Okay, let's read together. In the year... Holy, holy, holy. Can we read that part again? On verse 3. As loud as you can now. Let's read. And one cry. Let's read it again. And one cry. The whole earth. Does it say parts of the earth? The whole earth is full of his glory. May God bless the reading of his word. You may take your seats. The whole earth is full of his glory. A lot of times we pray and we say, may the glory of God come down. But in Isaiah chapter 6, it's telling us, and revealing to us that the glory of God is already on the earth. But it takes some activation for us to access it. Amen. I'm going to be talking about the four-dimensional world. Each one of us where we are seated right now, we live in a four-dimensional world. And this four-dimensional world has four dimensions to it, or four levels to it, or four uh, realms to it, or whatever it is you want to call it. 
but it's a four-dimensional world. Is it okay if I come down? Because see, sometimes I want to beat on somebody. And I'm going to try and explain this four-dimensional world. The first dimension is the earthly realm. This earthly realm has its rules and regulations as is of the earth. On the earth, one of our limitations is gravity. Gravity says what goes up must come down. It doesn't matter how high it goes, as long as it is in the sphere of the earth, it must come down. Not out there in the universe, but on the earth, it must come down. Another rule on earth or another regulation of earth is 24 hours in a day. It doesn't matter if you've been up like at one time, I was up for a whole day and a few hours of the next day. I did not say I was up for 28 days in this day because every day has 24 hours in it. Do we agree? Do we agree? See, I'm from Africa. And so if you don't talk to me, I will accidentally slap someone so that you talk to me. It will be a mistake. And the good thing is I'll be going back to Africa so you have nobody to blame but your pastor. (laughs) But you have 24 hours in a day. And every hour in that day matters, be you asleep or awake. Because if one hour passes by and you're not breathing, you are gone. So every minute, every second of the day, we have seven days in a week. We have 12 months in a year. We are governed by by hours. We are governed by minutes. We are governed by seconds. We are governed by height. We are governed by length. We are governed by width. All these things govern the earthly realm. And on the earth, we, we, we share things. The trees give out oxygen and take in carbon dioxide and we take out carbon dioxide and take in the oxygen so you find there is so much that is happening on the earthly realm and then in the book of Genesis you find that when God created the earth he then says to men you shall have dominion over every living thing not some he says over every living thing in other words God was saying to the human being that here on the earthly realm I'm giving you the authority to rule on this earth which means whatever you do on the earth if you don't speak a lot of times we say God is not moving he is not moving because we are not speaking unless you speak and command heaven to do something on the earth then it will not happen so the earthly realm is tangible touch somebody If your hand goes through them, there's something wrong. It's tangible. The earthly realm is of things that are tangible. Things that can be seen. That's why the the word of God in Hebrew says, Now faith is the evidence of things hoped for. The, the, the substance of things hopes for the evidence of things not seen which means you, you don't see it but you see it you don't see it on the earth 
but you see it in the second realm, which I'll talk about, which is the spirit world. In the book of Daniel, the spirit world is talked about very well because the angel comes to Daniel and says, Daniel, when you prayed, where? On the earth, when you prayed, your answer was heard and I was sent with your answer. But there is a prince of Persia that was fighting against your answer. And this prince of Persia was stopping me from getting to you. And so when God heard you praying some more, he finally sent me. To come with your answer. Now release me, Daniel, to go back and fight the war that you started with your prayer. So that the second realm, the second realm, which is the spirit world, you find that every nation is governed by a certain spirit. When you get to Zimbabwe, and I believe Pastor Pam might, might, might agree with me, when she steps onto the Zimbabwean soul, suddenly she feels Zimbabwean, and she feels she has the Zimbabwean rhythm going, and, you know, she, she feels she is Zimbabwean. And then when she leaves Zimbabwe and comes back to the United States, because of what governs United States or what governs Zimbabwe, you, you feel it. You, when you enter into a nation, you feel that you have gone to a different place. Every nation has a spirit that governs it. Now every state has a spirit that governs it. Every city has a spirit that governs it. And every little town has a spirit that governs it. And every family has a spirit that governs it. That's why we talk about generational curses that are passed through the bloodline. It's because it is a spirit that is governing the family that you are coming from. But I, I get so excited when we talk about generational curses because a lot of times the enemy has made us to believe that even though I got saved, I am still governed by the spirit that governs. I am from the Manjoro family, the spirit that governs the Manjoro family. But when I read in the word, it says, behold, all things are made new, which means whatever governed my spirit, my, my, my family, whatever generational curse, whatever was spoken over my forefathers whatever be it poverty be it loss be it fear whatever was spoken over them does not govern me anymore because their blood is not what flows through me what flows through my veins is the blood of Jesus so a lot of times we fail to get to where we're supposed to go because we say, well, you see, my father did it and my uncle did it and my uncle's uncle did it and my great-grandfather did it. But what you don't understand, the day you said, Jesus come into my heart, that moment there was a separation between you and where your fathers come from. So when that generational curse comes looking for you, it cannot find you. Why? You are in the blood of Jesus. And when you are governed by the blood of Jesus, it means that, does it mean that the enemy shall not come against you? No, he will come. But he can't find you. 
Because whatever he wants to throw your way, he throws it. This is how it is. Okay, let, let me try and put it this way. Remember I said my name is Faithful Manjoro. That's where I come from. And then I'm married to the Mutivo family. I know you can't say any of those last names. But the Manjoro family. So when the enemy comes against me, or I, I don't know about here how people speak curses here. I know they do. But where I come from, somebody can go up a mountain and call out your name the whole night and play some drums and call your name and call spirits against you and send curses against you and when they send they are sending to faithful Manjoro so the curses come looking for faithful Manjoro and they will come exactly where faithful is supposed to be and they will go around and they will look around and they will go back to sender why? because faithful Manjoro does not, does not exist anymore, it's not I that lives but Christ that lives in me so when the enemy sends his weapons against me aha, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal are mighty by the pulling down of strongholds so whatever stronghold tries to destroy me it cannot destroy me I'm under the blood oh somebody show glory You know, I went to the hospital when I was expecting and the first thing the doctors were looking at, well, we want to look at your history. And I said, my history? And they said, yes. And they said, hey, does anybody in your family have high blood pressure? And my question back was, is it my history or my family history? And they say, well, your family history is your history. And I refuse that. Because if someone else had high blood pressure in my family, don't speak that over me. Because I'm no longer of their bloodline. <laughs> and then they went on, did somebody have sugar diabetes? And they had a whole list of things they were asking. So that they could tell me that, see, you, when you see this happening and that happening, because it happened before, it might happen to you. Refuse that. They study books to tell you that. But see, I'm under the authority of the one who did not have to study a book. The one who looked and said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. And let him have dominion over every living thing. Do you realize sickness is a living thing? So you have dominion. So the second dimension, see I've gone ahead of myself now. The second dimension is the spirit world. The third dimension is the heavenly places. The heavenly places is where I, in the book of Isaiah it's been talked about of the seraphims calling one to another and they shouted holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The earth is filled with his glory and they they shouted one to another the rules of the heavenly realm is worship you don't hear them crying you don't hear them complaining you don't hear them talking about each other you hear them worshiping continually they're not worshiping each other they're worshiping the king of kings you don't hear them um, stop for a break and and eat a little bit you know I, well, I don't know about here and if I offend someone good for you but um, Back in the day, 
when we would say we are going for all night prayer, we went to pray. Now, we go for all night prayer where you have the praise and worship. After the praise and worship, you pray a little bit halfway through the night because people are awake. Let's take a tea break and you know everyone needs to eat a little bit. And then after we eat a little bit, we come back in and we worship for a longer time and we pray for a shorter time. And then early in the morning, everybody goes home and oh, we had an all night prayer. That's not an all night prayer. That's an all night fellowship. All night prayer is when the whole night you put your head down in the ground and you seek the face of God until he shows up. We always say we want God to show up, but when, when, when he's stepping down to show up, he finds us already in fellowship and swallowship. If you did not get that, I love you. But... It is a season to see God's face. In May, at the conference that Pastor Pam was talking about, we had so many challenges. And at one point, we had a blackout. And we had a backup generator, but that generator broke down. And then we were, another generator was brought in, and that one broke down. So at first they, you know, the committee, thank God for committees. The committee was like, well, you know, this is what we should do. Let's get the speakers in a panel and let them speak to people and everything like this and that. And so when I walked in to introduce the speakers, everything inside me was rolling. And the good thing is my face is always smiling. But everything inside me was not smiling anymore. And I thought to myself, the electricity is gone. Two generators have broken down. Another generator that was coming, the vehicle that was bringing it broke down. As I said, either we can have a panel and the speakers answer questions or it's time to pray. So I decided in myself, I said, I'm not going to speak to the board. I am just going to do what I have to do. I decided in myself, until we have electricity, we are going to pray. And I'm going to lead the prayer. So I took the mic and we began to pray. I tell you, God moved in that place like the Spirit of God was shaking the house. Demons were manifesting and going on their own. It was too dark for anybody to go lay hands on anybody. So people were just praying and you'd hear a demon cry out and cry out. And before you know it, the same person is now, oh, glory to God. And I'll just say to one of the pastors, go, go and, and, and get them saved. Tell them to receive Jesus now. And we would carry on. And we prayed for a good three and a half hours straight. Non-stop. No instrument. No singing. No, 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 no gymnastics and aerobatics. Just prayer. And I'm telling you, God moved. People got healed. We had a woman who had a tumor on her back. It just disappeared. No one had to lay hands on her. We had someone whose legs were not functioning well. They, they did not even realize they got healed. Because I said, I don't want anybody sitting until I sit. So they all got up and they were praying, including the woman who had a problem with her legs. Then after the prayer, she was like, oh. Oh yeah, I had a problem, didn't I? That's the kind of the move of God that we are desiring in this season. That's the kind of the move of God that, that is undiluted. 
that we want in this moment and in this time when we seek God's face and God moves to join in with the angels in that dimension, the heavenly places where they worship continually, non-stop, they're just worshiping. Oh, come on. You don't want that? If you want to say amen. amen. That's the third dimension. The fourth dimension gets me excited. The fourth dimension is God himself in himself. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, after God has created everything, God sits down for a meeting. And in this meeting, he does not call Gabriel. He does not call the 24 elders. Even the devil could not get into this meeting. This was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in himself, speaking within himself. And he says, let us. He can't say let us if he's just by himself. It means there was someone else there which was himself. In himself. Oh, come on. So God himself, in himself, says, let us create men in our image according to our likeness. Let us. Now God, everybody say God. God can be in all four dimensions at the same time. He is God in himself. God himself in himself. That's what I call him. That he is God himself in himself. And he's seated on the throne in the heavenly places. And the word of God says the earth is his footstool. Which means no matter what his foot is on the earth. And obviously he governs in the spirit world. The angels can only be in one place at a time. How do I know? One angel comes to Daniel and says, so now release me, Daniel. How can you be released if you're already there? It means you had to leave one place to get to another. another. Another angel wrestles with Jacob and then he says to Jacob, let me go. I need to go. If he was already in heaven, then he didn't need to be released. So angels can only be in one place at a time. The devil can only be in one place at a time. How do I know in the book of Job? God says to the devil, where have you been? And his response was, when I was on the earth. Which means when he was in heaven, he was not registering on the earth. And when he was on the earth, he was not registering in heaven. I'll let that sink So the devil can only be in one place at a time. Now, the human being, everybody say I. Or say me, myself, and I. I don't know why we are afraid of the devil. Because we are the only ones that God has graced to be in three dimensions at the same time. Everybody is quiet. We are the only 
wants his grace. While you are here on the earth, the word says, don't you know you are seated with him? Where? In heavenly places. It doesn't say you are going to. It says you are already there. So while you are here on earth, you are already seated with him. And sometimes I imagine God, whenever I complain about something, or I feel like I've been defeated, looking at me next to him and saying, if you are here, you already got the victory. Why are you complaining about being over there? Oh, come on, somebody. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I walk through it. I don't stay in it. I don't even get into the valley of death. I walk through the shadow because I cannot walk through death. Why? I'm already alive in heaven with him. Ha! Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. Don't you know you are seated with him in heavenly places? You're already there with him in the heavenly places. And then... You, you rule in the spirit world because he gave you the authority to speak in the spirit world and even in heavenly places because he says, what you bind where? Come on, someone. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, which means all you have to do is speak. And here you are, afraid of the devil, who does not even have that kind of authority. And then not only that, I then discovered something else that blew my mind. You know, in a boardroom, well, now I don't know how they do it, but back in the day, in our day, in a boardroom, they used to have this small um, telecom. And if they needed to talk to somebody who was far away, if the boardroom was in Zimbabwe and they needed my input while I'm in America, they would call me and my voice would be heard through the little intercom. I was not there in person, but my voice would be heard and anybody else who was not in the boardroom would never hear what I had said. Jesus says in the book of Acts, he says, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm going, but the one that I live in with you, the one that is going to live in you, the Holy Spirit, whenever you pray in the Spirit, this is what happens. The enemy cannot contaminate it. The angels don't even know what you have said. Why? Because you are a little intercom in God himself, in himself. Because the Bible says he hears directly. Oh my goodness. Which means even though I am in three dimensions, but God has given me the grace to also have my voice heard in his dimension so sometimes when the enemy says oh god why are you giving them that they never asked for it they did but you could not hear it because you were not in the boardroom god why are you healing them have you ever noticed i don't know about you but for me god has done so many things i i my even my mind cannot comprehend it there was one day i you know when 
well, all women do this. I hope all women do this. But you, you're getting ready to leave the house. You get out of the house. And when you get into the car, then you think of something else that you left. And you go back in and you pick that up. And I, well, normally my husband is sitting by the steering wheel like anytime. And I, oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I forgot the baby's bottle. He says, it's okay. Go ahead and take it. And then I went back in. And when I came back out, I was like, oh, yeah, I left my Bible. He says, okay, go ahead and take it. And just before we leave, I say, I, I, I'm not sure if I turned the stove off. Go ahead and check it. And, you know, we, we went through that little routine. But one day I was by myself and I was doing that. And I was late. And I kept going back and forth. And then finally I got into my car. And I got onto the road and I'm thinking, oh, I'm so late. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, well, what excuse am I going to give? And as I'm driving, right there. In front of me, exactly five minutes before I got there, was a terrible accident. If I had been five minutes on time, that would have been me. But because at some point, in my heavenly bank, I was just He protected me without me even knowing it. When you pray in the spirit, you cover aspects of your life that you don't even know you are covering. And when you can't pray, out of the heavenly bank, some deposits have been made that you can withdraw from. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. So I'm not only in three dimensions, but my voice is heard in the fourth dimension. I can't be in there because I'm not God himself in himself. But my voice, when I pray in the spirit, can be heard in a place that even I cannot enter in. So it shows me that the devil has no power. I say the devil has no power. I say the devil has no power. We give him more authority than he actually has. We give him more power than he actually has. We give him more credit than he actually has. But one thing I've known and understood is the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But, there's a but right there. But, I have come that you might have life and have it eternally. Which means, yes, the enemy can come and try to destroy because that's his nature. His nature is to kill. His nature is to steal. His nature is to destroy. But I don't live in the kill, kill, still destroy. I live in the I have come. Now going to Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died. King Uzziah dies on earth. Isaiah is a man of God. Used by God mightily. Has moved in the, in, in, in the presence of God. But suddenly Isaiah is saying there is so much more than just hearing the voice. There's so much more than just prophesying. In the year that King Uzziah died, each one of us sitting in here has a King Uzziah in our lives. There are things that are making us fail to enter 
men ought to see the glory of God. In the year King Uzziah dies, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Before that, I could just hear. Before that, I would just prophesy. Before that, I would just feel. But when he died, my eyes were open and I saw. I never knew I could see what I saw. I never knew I could get to the place that I got to. Isaiah being a man. And he says the seraphim had six wings. With two he covered his eyes. Where Isaiah a man was looking around. Can you imagine that? With two he covered his feet. Where Isaiah a man was walking around. Can you imagine that? With two he flew. Where Isaiah was standing. And they were calling one to another. Then he he says, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The word of God says, I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Which means the train of his robe can fill me from the top of my head all the way down to the bottom of my feet. I can be so covered by the presence of God. And someone is saying, is that possible? Yes, it's possible. How do I know it? Because I have lived it. I have experienced it. One time we went in the mountain. I took all the young people in the mountain. Yes, I am that crazy. I took all the young people up in the mountain to pray, to seek the face of God out in the open. And as we were praying, we were all in one place, you know, because some did not want to go far. It was dark. And as we were praying, we looked up. And far from where we were, we saw three lights that were coming towards us. And they were too bright to be little lights. And so all of us are now looking. Everyone is praying. No one wants to say to the other, can you see that? But everybody's looking now. And as we were looking, the lights got bigger. And suddenly they came and they hit everyone. And before you knew it, it was seven in the morning. That's when we were all waking up and, and some had been rolling on the floor. Some... On the ground, I mean, there was no floor. On the ground, in, in, uh, uh, amongst the trees, amongst the grass, somewhere rolling in there. At another point, same young people up in the mountain. As we were going down the mountain, we counted each other. And you know, we, we make sure everybody is, is in line. So we counted. And we got to 21 and then we went down the mountain. And then when we got to the bottom of the mountain, halfway through actually, we counted again. We got 21. When we got to the bottom of the mountain, we all stopped. One, two, three, four. And we got to 18. And I said, okay, is everybody here? Because we always have a buddy. Everybody had a buddy. But where was the 21? Which means we were not walking alone. You see, when you are consumed by the presence of God, you don't walk by yourself. When you're consumed by the presence of God, you don't live by yourself. But King Uzziah has to die. King Uzziah can be anger. King Uzziah might be frustration. King Uzziah might be a way of life. King Uzziah might be a friend that you need to get rid of. Here on the earth, before you can experience.
many, many, many years ago. I'll not tell you how many because some of you are calculating my age. But many, 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 many years ago. I was very young. Like some of these years, I was 17. I was 17 years old. And I heard a man of God speak about the glory of God. And I, I'm, I'm a pastor's child. And my parents are the type that I have heard and seen a lot. But because it's my parents, it's all, oh, that's good. But a man of God spoke. He spoke about the glory of God as if he, he sat in his dining room and had lunch with Jesus every day. And I became so desperate. And he started talking about how he saw Jesus. And he would emphasize and say, I, it was not an angel. It was Jesus. And I began to say to myself, God, if you are not respect of persons, I want to see Jesus. I went on a fast. And at first the fast was going to be, until I see Jesus, I am not going to eat. It's going to be a dry day and night fast. And as young as I was, Pastor, I went around telling everybody, I'm on a fast, you see. I'm going to see Jesus. I'm actually fasting day and night. The second day, I still had a little more energy to tell people. I didn't have the maturity. The third day, I wasn't telling anybody. Because I, as much as I said I wanted to see Jesus, I wasn't feeling anything. I wasn't hearing anything. Not even goosebumps. Just, just so that he says, oh yeah, I'm here. And here I had committed myself until I see him. As the days were going, I no longer was waking up from my bed. And before you knew it, it was day six. And still I had felt nothing. At the time, I was so tiny. I was so small. If you think I'm small, I'm not small. I'm big now. I was, I'm very, very big. I was so, so, so tiny that if the wind blew hard enough, I would go with the wind. We'd be standing in a group and the wind would blow and I'd go, oops. And so imagine how much smaller I got. And by day six, I saw absolutely nothing. I heard absolutely nothing. And now I could hardly open my eyes. I was laying on a bunk bed. And I was on the top bunk. And I was like this far, not very far from the ceiling. And you know, I had my eyes closed. And I know you all know this. When someone, even in this room right now, when someone is looking at you, you don't have to look at them. You can feel it that somebody's looking at me, right? With my eyes closed, I felt a face staring down at my face. And I felt this heat on my face. And I opened my eyes. And through that ceiling, I saw a face. And I'm telling you, 
I've never been so energized in my life. I jumped, not jumped, I flew from the top bank and went underneath the bottom bank. All that I have no energy anymore, I have no strength anymore was gone. And I know I've heard so many people who say when Jesus visited them, they, it, it was, oh Jesus, how I love you. For me, it wasn't. I understood Paul. I understood Isaiah. I understood Ezekiel. When they say, woe is me for I'm a man of flesh. While I was underneath the bottom bunk, and I was not looking properly. I kept looking and covering and looking and covering. Two feet came down and hit the ground. It was as if it was slow motion or it was fast forward. I don't know. And then a knee hit the ground. And he looked under the bed. And he said, faithful, you called me. I have come. And all I could say was, it's enough, it's okay. I thought I was dying. It's enough, it's okay, I have seen. From that day, that's when ministry started for me. But after that experience, suddenly it was as if I was eating every day. I got up and I took a shower. I walked out of my apartment and the first person I met with just looked at me and went, oh, and they turned and they walked away. Finally, someone told me a day later that you were shining from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And there was something about you that we could not come close. Reminded me of Moses. When he came down from the mountain and the presence of God was so heavy and it was all over Moses. This was not just happening in the spirit but this is when the spirit world comes and combines itself with the physical world. Can the glory of God still be felt? Yes. Can angels still be seen? Yes. The book of Psalms says the angels, that angels go according to his command. Not our command, his command. But then you get to the New Testament and it tells us that he has given us authority to command the angels. How? It's because now he lives in you. So when you speak, it's as if God has spoken. But you are your worst enemy because of some of the things you say are not God-like. Are angels waiting for you to command them? Yes! Are they angels that have your DNA? Yes. How do I know? When Peter was in prison and Rhoda goes to the prayer meeting and she says, 
um, Apostle Peter is here. They said it can't be him. It must be his angel. Which means your guardian angel looks like you. But you're not putting them to work. You're not putting them to work. There has to be a desperation for the presence of God. Because Isaiah says, in that year that King Uzziah died, I saw. In other words, he was saying, ladies and gentlemen, there is so much more. I wish you could hear me right now. There is so much more. There is so much more than just raising your hands. There is so much more than just laying on your face. There is so much more. And there has to be a level of desperation. Am I saying all of you go on a fast? No. That's not what I'm saying. You don't do that unless the Holy Spirit has sent you that way. I'm saying be desperate. Because see, when you get more of Him, every little problem, everything that you go through, every, why are you still holding on to depression when you have been saved for years? It's because you are not contaminated by the Spirit of God. Why do you still have anger? Why do you still have resentment? Why do you still blame everything on your past? It's because you have not been consumed by the presence of God. Because when you're consumed, everything about you is gone. Another year. We are coming from giving Christmas presents to kids. We end up in an accident, a terrible one. Teenage, teenagers driving drunk. Our car rolled over and their car came and sat on top of our car. Everyone was thrown out of the windows and I ended up under our car. And so this part going up is all you could see. So one of the guys dug a hole and sat in the hole under my head and held my head and was talking to me so that I would not go out. And he kept talking to me and talking to me and talking to me. Finally, to cut a long story short, finally they got both cars off. Obviously it took a very long time because if they moved anything the wrong way, I could be crushed. Finally, they got both cars off my body. Got me into an ambulance. By the time they got to the hospital, I was in a coma. And thank God for a praying mom. When I was in that hospital bed, with machines running every aspect of my body, while I was in that hospital, finally they said, we are going to take her off the machines. So they set a time for the following day. When they set that time for that following day, that night, can somebody say that night? Now can you really say that night? 
that very night, I opened my eyes. And standing next to my bed was a doctor with all his gear as a doctor. And then he started talking to me while removing what was in my mouth. And, you know, I had stuff everywhere. And he's talking to me and he's telling me, do you understand what has happened? So while he's talking to me, he says to me now, they're going to ask you, how are you feeling? I want you to tell them the war has been won. I'm ready to go home. And I thought to myself, oh, okay. And just as he was leaving, I said, oh, and who are you? I could hardly talk because, you know, I'd had all these things. And he said, oh, by the way, my name is Dr. Michael. And he left the room. Now by the nurse's station, something must have been blinking and screaming that, that in that room things have gone wrong. Nurses normally are the most calm people I know. But this nurse walked into my room and saw me and screamed and ran out. To call other nurses or to call for help or something, I don't know. So when everybody came and congregated in my room, my words were, oh, the war has been won. I am fine. I'm ready to go home. And they said, oh, she has lost her mind. She has gone crazy. She must have been seeing herself in a war somewhere. But see, when I was in the coma, Normally they say when someone is in a coma, talk to them, they can hear you. I didn't hear anybody. But while I was in that coma, I was sitting on a bench. And on the one far end of the bench was sitting a man. And he was looking at me. And I was asking him, so how come you let this happen to me? And he, was, he would respond to me and he would say, it's not over. You're still going to go back. I have called you for greatness. And I would keep asking, how come? And in the background, there was a song that I could hear. I have not heard a choir like that here on the earth, not yet. No instrument like that ever. I haven't heard it yet. And all they were singing was hallelujah. And their voices... It was as if their voices were going into each other. Do you realize I was in a coma in the physical on a bed. My spirit was in a different world. But I was still there. So after the doctors were done with me, they did all their tests and they gave all their reports after they were done with me, I got home. And you know, it's moments like that, that you open your word and for some reason, your eyes just see what God wants you to see. And everyone out tell that Dr. Michael came in the room. Dr. Michael, Dr. Michael. I opened my word. 
And my eyes saw the commander. I did not even look at anything else. I just saw the commander of God's army, Michael. The war has been won. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what warfare you're going through. But I'm standing here to let you know that whatever war you have faced, the war has been won. The war was won 2,000 years ago. If the angel Michael could walk into my room, what's more your situation? Exactly three years ago. See, I don't know why I keep going through all these things. Three years ago, when my son was born, April of the same year, my mom went to be with the Lord. June, my son was born. So when my mom went to be with the Lord, I was heavily pregnant. And see, it's different if you don't have a relationship with your mother. But my mother was my everything. She was my best friend. She was my prayer warrior. When I traveled, she's the one who prayed for me. When I was at home, she's the one who prayed with me. When I got pregnant with my son, which was a miracle in itself, she's the person who prayed that baby to being. So in June of the same year, from April to June, my son kept threatening to come and it was not yet time. June, my baby is born, 12th noon on the 12th of June. They take him out of the operating room. They close me up and they realize I'm bleeding eternally very heavily. They open me up to stop the bleed. They can't. Now they open up different avenues to try and put one place they're putting water, another place they're putting, um, what is it, plasma, another place they're putting blood. They're just trying to keep the body going and they couldn't. And then finally, when my husband came to ask, where is my wife? A doctor came and told him, your wife has gone into a hemorrhagic shock. Basically, a nice way of saying, your wife has bled to death. And we're trying everything we can. A few minutes before 6 o'clock in the evening, baby was born at 12. A doctor gets into the operating room who is supposedly the doctor coming on duty. And his name was Dr. Hammer, which Hammer in my language means very close relative. He walks into the operating room and what different specialists and different doctors could not do since 12 o'clock, he did in 10 minutes and closed me up. In 10 minutes, he was done and he walked out. Well, finally, well, I went into intensive care. Went into cardiac arrest several times within four hours. To the extent that they did not understand how I was still making it. 10 days in intensive care. Still had not seen my son. God actually used him to keep me alive. Because every time I would almost go out, they'll say, bring the baby. And they would make him cry. And he would cry in my ear and I would stabilize. 
my little prophet, his first healing miracle is standing here. Well, after I got out of the hospital, I was told, firstly, the first thing I was told, you'll never have more kids. Or if you do, it won't be anytime soon. Secondly, I was told I'd have a heart condition. And thirdly, I was told you will not be able to do this and that and that and that. Finally, I got home. And now we are paying bills. And we are paying all these doctors. Even the ones that failed, we still had to pay them. Hospital bills. Now we have one check we have to pay. We are now looking for Dr. Hammer. We go to the hospital, there is no Dr. Hammer. We say, but you said he was the surgeon on duty. And they said, we don't have such a doctor. But you said he was the doctor on duty. How did you even let him into the operating room? And even the doctors who told my husband about Dr. Hammer were now claiming they don't know who Dr. Hammer is. But see, when you go into the word of God, it talks about a friend that seeks closer than a brother. That closest relative. His name is Jesus. He walked into that room. And what man had failed in hours, he did in 10 minutes. Did I have a heart condition after that? No. When my son turned a year, I was pregnant with my daughter. Yet we had been told maybe five years down the line. And the way we found out, I was actually preaching in another country. And I kept wanting to eat their fish until my husband said, why, why don't we take a test? And I said, for what? He says, you want fish for breakfast. You want fish for lunch. You want fish for dinner. That is not normal. And I said, what's wrong about that? I want all the fish they have before we go home. Little did I know. I was way over three months. With my, with my son, I suffered hyperemesis graviteria. And that is continuous throwing up. With my daughter, I found out from the fish that I was expecting her. My miracle babies. Even when she was born. She was born, cried out, and then went quiet. For a whole five minutes, she was quiet and she came back. And doctors being doctors, oh, you see, there was not enough oxygen to the brain. So she's going to experience, she's very healthy. She knows my baby. She knows my baby. My baby is beautiful. I'm telling you, you all see my baby and she has this voice that I cannot wait for her to sing. Because she already sings my name because she goes, Momo. And when she's excited, she goes, hallelujah. When the food tastes good, she goes, hallelujah. When she's so happy, she goes, hallelujah. Why am I telling you all these stories? I have slowed down to tell you this. Because there's one person in here who needs to know that what is impossible with man is possible with God. When man says no. God says yes. And no is not no. 
until God says no. So what men can do, God can do. Where men can go, God can take you there. And our angels still visiting today. Yes, I'm a living testimony of angels walking into hospitals, of angels moving my car out of the way, of angels doing all sorts of things in my life, of visitations. It's a season for a visitation for somebody in this place tonight. But there has to be somebody who will cry out for his presence, who will cry out for his presence, who will cry out for his presence. If you believe it, shout glory. All it takes is a heart that is willing. Are you able to see tonight? Yes. How do I know that? Because he's here already. Are you able to feel him? Yes. All you have to do is want him. Be desperate for him. Want the glory of God. I could go on and on and on. But what I know is in the year King Uzziah died, my eyes were open. I saw. I as faithful had my own King Uzziah in my own life that had to die before God could use me. There's parts of you that have to die. Die to self. Before you can see him. You can walk into an open heaven, but you have to want it. You have to be desperate for it. You can hear the voice of God. And someone is saying, what does a visitation do for me? See, when God visits you, you live an impossible life. When God visits you, even the, the most smallest thing, you know God is taking care of it. You don't even worry. You don't even panic. Because God is in control. Where the enemy expects you to panic. This is what I've learned in my life. Every time things begin to shake, God is about to take me somewhere. So instead of concentrating on the shaking, I start looking ahead and looking forward to what is it that God wants to do. Where is it that God wants to take me? Would I have dreamt to travel the world the way I travel? No. Just by the grace of God. And out of a desperation to see the people of God move into a new place in Him. Ladies and gentlemen, He's already given you the authority. He's already given you the power. All you need to do now is to command. What you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you lose, it doesn't say what good you lose or what bad you lose, which means what are you losing for your life? 
Because some of the things you speak with your mouth for yourself, you are losing terrible things for yourself. You need to start losing good things. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am above and never beneath. I am the goodness of God. I have goodness and mercy following me. So even if I go down in the dungeon, goodness and mercy will go down in the dungeon with me. Even if I go in prison, goodness and mercy, when I look behind me, they will go into prison with me. Even in the hospital, if I just look behind me, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Because the enemy is already defeated. I said the enemy is already defeated. I said the enemy is already defeated. Come on somebody. I said the enemy is already defeated. He's already defeated. He's already defeated. You see, I'm almost closing now. When you read in the word of God, you find Jesus dies on the cross. And when Jesus died, I'm a dramatic person. I, I, I like, well, I'm, I'm very quiet, but I, I like to dramatize things in my head. And so when Jesus died on the cross, what the enemy did not know is in order for him to do what he had to come to do on the earth, he had to die. So the devil calls every demon in hell and says, we are about to have a party. We are about to have a celebration because finally we did it. All the way from the book of Genesis, we tried it with Adam and Eve, we failed. We tried it with Moses, we failed. We tried it with the children of Israel, we failed. We tried it with Joseph, we failed. We tried it with Daniel, we failed. We tried it over and over and over. And every time we tried, we failed. But now, it's no longer his prophets, it's no longer his children, but we have got him. We have killed the Son of God. And as he's giving his speech, the only day that every demon was on holiday, as he's giving his speech, suddenly his one knee hits the ground. And he begins to say, who, who said that name? Who, who said that name? And as he was saying that, his other knee hits the ground. Then his elbows hit the ground. And his face could hardly be lifted. And right there at the gates of Hyde stood a man. And all he could say was what? What have you to do with us, Jesus? And Jesus said, I'm not here to interrupt your party. I'm not here to disturb what is going on. But there is something you stole from me. There are keys of destiny that you took away from me. I am just here to take back everything that you stole. I'm here for that one. And I'm here for that one. And I'm here for that one. Your party can carry on. But I died 
so that I could come down here to take back everything that you had stolen. Ladies and gentlemen, what was stolen from you, Jesus took it back. What was taken from you, Jesus took it back. The word says, at the name of Jesus, every knee of every demon, every situation, every devil, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. I can imagine that day in hell, every demon saying, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord because when he shows up everything has to bow your situation has to bow your sickness has to bow your poverty has to bow where here on the earth when you speak it where in the spirit and where's your victory in the heavenly places It has to bow. Tonight we are about to pray. How many are ready to pray? Tonight we are going to pray. Matthew 11. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent man takes it by force. Whatever you need. We are not going to pray a timid prayer. We are going to pray a violent prayer. And we are going to take back. Are we going to take back some? Are we going to take back a little bit? Are we going to take half of it? We are going to take back all. Everything that belongs to us. And the violent man takes it by force. So we are going to take it by force. We are going to grab it by force. We are going to pull it by force. Are you ready to pray? I said, are you ready to pray? Stand up on your feet. Are you ready to pray? Ladies and gentlemen, I said, are you ready to pray? All the way in the back, are you ready to pray? Are you ready to pray? Maybe I should slap somebody. Are you ready to pray? Okay. We are going to send a violent prayer towards heaven. If you are used to, pl to praying while you are in one place, this is not the moment for that. The Spirit of God is in the place. Some of you are going to get drunk of the Spirit. Some of you are going to get filled with the Spirit. About a month ago, I was preaching in Uganda. And as I was preaching, the presence of God showed up and gold dust started raining everywhere. All over people, on people's heads, on people's clothes, not on one person, in the whole auditorium. And in our final service before I left, angels showed up. We had the service outside because the auditorium became too small angels showed up and people were seeing angels landing places people took videos of angels landing places 
ministering to people. Tonight, the same spirit that I felt while I was in Uganda, I'm feeling it in this place right now. I feel that there is a mighty move of God that is about to happen for somebody. It might not be for everybody, but there's that one person that the Spirit of God is about to reign on. I say there's that one person that the Spirit of God is about to reign on. So as we pray, please don't stand in the same place. If you have to walk, walk. If you have to run, run. If you have to shout, shout. If you have to scream, scream. What we are going to do is, and you guys work with me here. What we are going to do is, we are going to shout fire seven times. And after the seventh time, I want you to bring out the biggest, loudest shout you've ever brought out. And don't stand in the same place. And don't watch for somebody else to go first. If you, like I said, if you have to walk, walk. If you have to run, run. If you have to lay on your face, lay on your face. But tonight the glory of God is going to move in this place. And the glory of God is going to completely transform somebody's life. And your life will never be the same again. If you believe it, shout glory! You shout after me. And as soon as you count and it's your seventh time, you make sure you bring out that shout that you have never brought out before. And you make sure you move from your comfort zone and from your place. As you are shouting, some of you are going to touch angels. Some of you are just going to do this to your elbows and you're going to touch them because they are standing right next to you. If you're ready to shout, shout glory! Now shout after me. Shout, fire! fire! Shout, fire! 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 Yeah! Yes! Yes! Set a fire down in my soul yes! that I can't explain, I can't control. Come on, shout! Shout! I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul.
Shout, 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 shout. Your voice, raise your voice, raise your voice, raise your voice. No place I would rather no place I would rather be. Come on, present, present, present. Present. Here in your love, here in your love, no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. 